Hi, this is Anishka Fernandopoli. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button under my picture on dharmaseed.org or go to my website, anushkaf.org, A-N-U-S-H-K-A-F.org, and click on donate. Thanks. I appreciate your support. We've begun our retreat together, and we've entered in some ways into a lay Buddhist monastery, lay LGBTQI Buddhist monastery, unusual uh, configuration for the week. So we're following kind of an ancient recipe for uh, waking up that is applicable for all humans and has some uh, unusual ingredients to it. So already you've had uh, some adjusting to do perhaps. You come in and you're staying in a new room and if it's your first time here, you have to figure out where the bathroom is and how to sit and Uh, where to put your coat and all this kind of thing even before we start the meditation instructions and in this period every day we'll be giving some uh, guided instructions uh, unfolding the meditation instructions day by day so increasing the scope of them if you have been on retreats before and you already have a practice then Uh, You can choose to follow along in the way that we're unfolding them, or, of course, you can choose to include um, everything if you already know how to do that. And eventually we're bringing mindfulness to whatever the experience is of the body and mind. So nothing needs to be left out. So one of the unusual aspects of the uh, recipe here for waking up in the Buddhist tradition is that Uh, sometimes letting go of things can actually bring happiness, well-being, and contentedness. So this is uh, somewhat countercultural to our marketing-driven American society, which has the idea that the more stuff that you get, the happier you will be. So here the experiment is, uh, oh, what if I let go of unnecessary things, if I simplify my life, Uh, then I can really see what is the ingredients for well-being, happiness, uh, contentedness. So this first uh, modern iteration that we're doing of this is the cell phone ceremony of renunciation. And I see some people have already uh, bravely and courageously renounced your cell phone, which is good. And I encourage you to uh, take this on and to um, honor and appreciate um, what this means in some you know, modern way to let go. And it's a deepening into the solitude, a deepening into your commitment for being present with this heart, mind, body for this week. So like with the silence, the perspective that can help is not that you're pushing others away or pushing the world away, but actually that you're sinking in more deeply here, you're connecting, sinking in and creating the conditions that will allow that to happen, that support that happening. Uh, So among the conditions that support that happening is not having small machines beep and buzz at you uh, frequently. So for that reason, we'll let the cell phones go in their cell phone retreat, and then uh, we get to begin ours. 
So if anybody uh, has one, please come up and we could put it into the basket and then we will ring the bell for each act of renunciation here. Do you, want, do you want to write your name? You can take a piece of paper from outside and put it in. Okay. So bow to all of you for your act of renunciation. So shortly they'll be taken on their own uh, retreat. They'll be together and you can reunite with them at the end. And you can notice if just out of habit of, of mind or habit of the body even, uh, you think like, oh, let me check my text or let me check my email or oh, let me check Facebook at the end of the day or something. And notice that. Uh, and the recommendation then is to uh, actually log in instead to your own heart and mind when that happens. And we'll give you all the passwords for that uh, to happen <laughs> too. So what we're going to practice here is uh, developing a sense of presence with uh, this apparatus that you have, this beautiful, messy, unique LGBTQI form that has uh, 
uh, embodiment. And I like to say that for those of us in our community, in some ways we have some uh, running start on the spiritual path because uh, for almost all of us, we have had to bring some sense of awareness to our experience, discover something that was not according to the program, uh, and then recognize and integrate that in some way. So this is... um, some of what happens in our practice is you know, bringing awareness with openness, with courage, uh, with the willingness to see what's actually true, whether or not it's according to our idea of what's true. So we can start very simply with this physical body, and we will include also, uh, as the days go on, in- instructions about including emotions, including thoughts, including uh, different aspects of our experience that we can tune into. And of course, those things will already be happening. You will already be having thoughts and emotions, even if they're not the main focus of our uh, meditation today. But it can help to begin in a, a simpler way, you could say. So you can just feel your body as we sit here. And if it's helpful, you can take a deep breath in and feel what that feels like. And then as you exhale, just try to relax your jaw. You take another deep breath in. And as you exhale, just try to relax your shoulders. Maybe one more time, deep breath in, and then just relaxing anything else that is holding, maybe around the eyes or even the innards. And we can just come into presence in this, in this body, in this moment. And you might also notice the field of sound. You can notice that there's hearing happening. In that case, just receiving the sound. And you can see what's most apparent about the body in this moment. It could be feeling the pressure where you're touching your cushion or chair. It could be feeling the temperature of the air on your face or hands. It could be noticing that your body's breathing. So just sitting and knowing that you are sitting. I'm going to try to maintain balance of being relaxed and also alert. So the attention can be very relaxed. We don't need to do anything. But also bringing a sense of curiosity, alertness. and even hopefully with some some aspect of kindness.
So to bring this sense of kindness in, you can even, as you begin your practice, uh, just wish well for yourself or in some way greet yourself. there's a language that helps you to do that, you can do that. It could be wishing well, like may I be, may I be well, may I be happy. It could be some more informal greeting like, hello love, good morning. just like you would to a friend if you're meeting them. And then the instruction with sense of presence with the body is in continuing that relationship of intimacy, almost as if you asked, "Uh, how are you? How's things? But the way that the asking is happening and the answer is being received is with awareness. So with this mindfulness or heartfulness. And the answer being received is through knowing the direct experience of sensations of the body, knowing the experience of sound So not through a narrative about how things are, but directly knowing that and allowing it to change in every moment, even if that change can be radically opposite. And the answer to this question could be anything It could be, there's sleepiness here. Could be there's restlessness here. Could be that there's some doubt, what am I doing here? It could be that there's some wrestling with something. Ah, tension is here. could be comfortable or it could be uncomfortable. So just like how you would greet a friend and allow for whatever the answer is of how things are, so too we can do this with our own form, our own experience. So even just as simply as feeling the body breathing. Just noticing your aliveness.
possible that you might find your attention in the field of thinking or remembering. If so, you could just recognize that that's what's happened. You could even label that thinking, planning, remembering. And notice how that happened on its own, the attention just moving from field to field. But here we'll shift to ground the attention very simply in the field of the body, of sensation, of experience, this way. Just to help us know what's happening. There's nothing wrong with thinking or planning, remembering. We just spend so much time lost in those fields. So it'll help to recognize when that's happening. And then otherwise rest the attention with the experience of the body. Or if there's a sound, experience of hearing. It's coming awake in these other senses that are often neglected. Just bringing a sense of curiosity to experience. What is this like in the body, breathing, sitting?
Don't worry about how many times it seems like you might lose track of what's happening or find yourself lost in a field of thought. Each time you can just recognize that and gently begin again. As you start again, you might put a little bit of attention to relaxing again. Relax the shoulders, relax the face. Just connect again with the body.
Just noticing where your attention is. So the start of a retreat, it's, it's very common for you to be sleepy or itchy or mind is very active or uh, not know what's going on at all, whether it's any of those things. So just be very patient and very kind. And we call it practice because we keep coming back you know, over and over again, uh, waking up over and over again. Sometimes I think it's like uh, when... You go if you go swimming in a, a pond, in the beginning when you start to go in there's like rocks and maybe some grasses and seaweed or even some garbage people have left or something and you know and it kinda of hurts to walk on the little stones also, so to go in like that. But if you keep going then you'll get to the deeper water. You know, we can actually swim. You clear the all flotsam, jetsam stuffs there. So just keep going, just be very patient, keep going with uh, awareness and with recognizing what's happening as best you can. Or another um, metaphor, since I have this basket of uh, devices in front of me, is um, like if you're trying to read an article or online, reading some website or something, uh, the website here in this metaphor is this, your physical form. And then sometimes there comes up these pop-ups you've won a million dollars, click here for more information, or uh, you need a new car, here's the one you should get, Uh, or uh, do you know what so-and-so is doing now? Boom, famous person, insert there. So, and those, uh, 
in those moments, your job is not to get sucked in by the pop-up, right? Be like, ooh, what is so-and-so doing now? (laughs) Who did I win $100,000? Yeah. So it's actually to recognize that as a pop-up. Like, and then you find the little tiny X, they're making them smaller and smaller now, right? And it's like tap that and then come back to reading your article, right? So it's just to recognize when there's been a pop-up, there's a pop-up. <laughs> so that's like being with the experience of the body, experience of breathing, feeling this, even the experience of sound, and then there's a pop-up in the world of thought. It's not always like a problem or deceptive, but just for the beginning here, let's practice just trying to recognize like, okay, a thought has arisen, like a pop-up has arisen. And then to be loyal in some ways to this form, this physical form. So we often wish that we, you know, would meet the perfect uh, lover or perfect friend, you know, someone who would like really pay attention to us with a quality of like total love and interest and kindness and the secret is that you yourself can be that one can train to be that one like what is it is it like if i can actually be with this body completely immersed from inside out with awareness and knowing what it's like when it's good when it's bad when it's boring uh, when it's thrilling all of that. Can I be steady with that? In the same way that if you had a good friend and they asked, like, how are you? It could be that sometimes things are good, sometimes things are bad, sometimes things are thrilling, sometimes things are boring. But you'd be willing to be there to hear the answer regardless of what it is. It wouldn't be like, only tell me about it when things are great. Otherwise, I don't want to hear you. So there's a way in which also practicing is like becoming a friend to yourself, uh, learning how to have this kind of uh, loving, intimate connection that we really yearn for from someone else. Uh, But we can cultivate that with ourselves. And the more we cultivate it with this ourselves, then also the more available that is for us to be there with anyone. And not just with lovers, but with friends or toll booth operators or squirrels or sunsets or broccoli or anything. So you notice in the schedule there's an alternating between uh, sitting and walking that is there. And uh, as part of this, you know, going deeper into the pond kind of thing, one of the um, best recommendations I can give you is uh, just to follow the schedule for each period. So meaning like, let's say the whole morning period it goes like a sitting, like now, then there's a walking period, and we're going to explain what that's about. And then when the bell rings to end that one, I come right back in here and sit. So even if the monkey mind starts to say like, oh, let's go get tea, let's go rearrange my underwear in my room, <laughs> let's go check out uh, if they have any, how many Buddha statues here or something, you know, like, okay, come, come on back, coming to sit, right? That's another pop-up, right, all those ideas. And then the bell rings, go walk. So, uh, yeah, try to hold each period as sort of a period in which you try to maintain as much um, continuity of practice as possible. And I promise this will help in the connection, you know, in the deepening of our 
collectedness of our sense of presence. And also it's not always easy. I mean, especially in the very beginning, you're getting used to being here and um, yeah, try and do that. And then in next period, afternoon, uh, similar. If you've been on retreat a bunch of times and that seems like totally doable, then you could challenge yourself to make the whole day a period of continuity. But if you're new and it feels like that's overwhelming, yeah, see if you can just move from thing to thing like that uh, with awareness. So also there's uh, these different periods that include sitting, walking, sitting, walking, and then there's the meals, and we'll give more instruction about the mindful eating uh, too, closer to that time. Uh, when it's time to go for the meal, you might pass by the, um, the bulletin board, or even after the sitting, you might pass by a bulletin board in the front where the schedule was. So you don't need to check that all the time, but please do check it uh, a couple of times a day to see if there is a note for you. So sometimes um, there's a note from the office they would like to meet with you about something, or if there's a, a message that's come in, or um, a meeting with one of us. So at least a couple of times a day, please uh, check the board. So since you might not have done that today on your way out, you can check that uh, now. And then other times at, at the break, sort of meal time, is a good time to check it. So you don't need to check it after every period, for sure. But uh. So Jean will give us some instruction and in what this walking meditation is about. Yeah, just to reiterate what uh, Anushka said is uh, that it, it, it's, it's so helpful to have, be patient with oneself and to maybe um, bring some curiosity into uh, this exploration of mindfulness. Uh, so, the, so the walking meditation is really in the spirit of that. It's just a different form, but it's a meditation practice. And it's a, it's a form where essentially we're practicing presence, being present, being present with the body and being present with movement. So in order to really support that strengthening of awareness, it's not movement where we're kind of creatively thinking about how we want to move, even though that can be a meditation. Um, certainly it can be a beautiful meditation. Or, you know, doing, I mean, yoga can be a meditation practice, lots of movement practices. In this tradition, the walking practice is fairly simple. And uh, one of the key pieces is we, we uh, and it's a, you know, 2,600-year-old training, really, where we, we, the way we keep it simple is uh, to just pick a place where you... Uh, you're going to do your walking practice. Now, it was raining, but looks like it, it isn't now. So if you want to practice outside, uh, and uh, at the end of the instruction, I'll give you uh, the names of other places in the hall that are uh, walking rooms, including the one you pass through to come into here. 
So uh, what, what happens is you just pick one spot where you're going to perhaps go maybe 30 feet. Uh, you, you've got a, you're two you're going to walk between two points. So um, I'm going to now stand up so we can just practice a little bit with uh, how to orient one's attention in that walking. Okay. So first bit is maybe just mindfully allowing yourself to stand, taking all the time you need. Thank you. 